Revelation chapter number 16 tonight. Revelation chapter number 16 tonight. That's where we'll find our text. And uh, I know it's not just always Wednesday nights are typically different than Sundays. That's our fault. That's not God's fault or anybody else's. Um, that's our fault. Um, but I certainly <clears throat> would like to get into the 35, 35th message um, there and uh, get into the points that the Lord has for us tonight. And uh, I'll try to be done quickly. You know that to be a fact. But um, Revelation chapter number 16, everybody found your spot, say amen. amen. Verse 1, the Bible says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels. Now, the temple is closed. This could only be one man. Amen. And that would be God himself. Would you agree with that? Uh, amen. The Bible tells us very clearly up a few verses that no man, the temple filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven angels. The seven angels, the seven plagues have not been given out yet, so it would only be one man that could go into that, and that would be God himself because his glory filled the temple. Amen. And so the Bible says, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. There fell noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. It's an interesting word that it says soul there. Um, and um, I'm not so sure about it, so don't ask me. I'm not going to give you an answer because I don't have an answer. Um, but a soul uh, typically represents that of a trichotomy being, uh, which would be body, soul, spirit, right? We have the trichotomy. Um, but that in an animal, does not ha- they don't have trichotomies. They're bichotomy, meaning they have a body and a spirit, right? They do not have a soul. They cannot be saved. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's no dogs in heaven. And so that's just what the Bible says. But nonetheless, it doesn't say there's no dogs in heaven. But you get what I'm trying to say. They're bichotomy. They can't be saved by the grace of God. They're the same thing as angels, right? Angels are a bichotomy being. They're not a trichotomy being. Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are a trichotomy being. They're the Trinity and they are the body, soul, and spirit of this world. We are body, soul, and spirit. But here there's a soul there. I do not understand it and you will have to ask somebody smarter than me. Maybe God. He's a lot smarter than me. Call upon him. Ask him. The Bible says in verse 4, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them Blood to drink, for they are worthy. That's the only thing they're worthy of. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. And blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. What a sad day in the life of humanity when they repented not to give him glory. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to please help me tonight. Fill me up with the Spirit of God. Lord, thank you for church. Lord, we come to church because you said to come to church. Lord, help us while we're here. We need you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. This will be our 35th message in the book of Revelation. And last week we looked and we seen, we got to see as heaven was in preparation for what we're looking at tonight. I preached on the impending wrath of God. Anybody remember that? The impending wrath of God, as God's wrath was fixing to be kindled upon all of mankind that was living upon this earth, that had partaken of the great, that had partaken of the 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 um, the mark of the beast and worshipped the beast and those sort of things, and it was on the verge. Yet at that time, it was just it just was not happening yet. Um, but this week, however, it's in clear view. And it's very apparent that it's about to happen. It's not just about to happen, but it is taking place. We, we, I stopped at verse number 9 because there's no way that I could preach the whole chapter in one setting. And so we'll take at least two, if not three weeks to preach this chapter. Because there's a lot in this chapter dealing with the wrath of God. And that's all that this chapter is dealing with is God's wrath. Uh, the next few chapters will deal with Babylon. Chapter number 19, the saints will be revealed. The marriage supper of the Lamb. All of those things will take place and it will be goody, goody, goody from there. Amen. But until then, we're going to have to go through chapters 16, 17, and 18. And it's going to be blood and it's going to be glory is what it's going to be. Uh, and it's the Bible. It's the King James Bible. And I thank God. God for it, amen. Um, but I'm telling you, this week is will be the first part of those three or two weeks. In the next few services, we'll preach on the intensified wrath of God. Part one here, the intensified wrath of God. We've already seen the seven seal judgments. We've seen the seven um, uh, uh, the trumpet judgments. Uh, and now we're going to look into the seven vile, as the Bible says, vile judgments. Some people call them the bold judgments. The Bible calls them vile. And that's fine, amen. It just means what it means. Uh, and uh, up, up to this point, God has remembered mercy uh, within wrath. And yet now God's mercy has been withdrawn from the place. Uh, and He is there and He is no longer a loving. God, uh, but he's a judging God. Didn't change, didn't change how he felt to the saints, but it changed the way he felt to the sinners. Amen. God sent his son to die for this world, and he did. But they've rejected him. They've rejected him, and God has withdrawn his mercy. As we saw last week, uh, the Bible says two times that his wrath is so full. Uh, he's about to burst with the wrath that's within him. He's experienced mercy, he's given mercy, and he's given mercy, and he's been merciful time and time and time again in every single way tonight. I can tell you I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. The God of heaven was merciful to me uh, because what I did deserve was hell and He didn't give me that. Amen. Uh, but however, these people, these people in these verses in particular uh, have rejected Him for the last time. The very last time they have rejected God and no longer are they going to even have to reject God because God is going to be rejecting them. And he's going to turn his face towards them uh, in wrath and redness and he's going to be mad about it. Amen. Uh, uh, his mercy will be no more and his wrath is intensified. Let's look at the intensified wrath of God. Notice number one, part number one, and notice number one tonight. I want you to notice that the wrath of God, number one, will render sores. 
render sores. The Word of God is pretty alliterated in this, and so it's pretty easy alliteration to say the least. But it will render sores. The Bible says in verse 2, we'll not read verse 1, but in verse 2 the Bible says, And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had, upon which men, the ones that had uh, the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. That tells us, and it could imply that there may be more there that have not taken up the mark. But that is another suggestion later. Nonetheless, I want you to notice um, as this final judgment begins, the first vial is poured out and it is filled, as we know from the last chapter, that it's filled with nothing else. It's not diluted. It's none of those things, but it is filled with the very wrath of God. It's filled with the wrath of God. There is nothing else that it is filled with. Would please one of you men go see who pulled up in the parking lot? Never mind, they're coming back here. Thank you very much. Uh, But nonetheless, I want you to notice, number one, about this, is that there is this thing we're going to call the swiftness of... of his wrath or of the source. However you want to, the swiftness of it. The Bible says in verse 2, and the first went and poured his vial upon the earth and there fell. It's swift, wouldn't you say? I believe that it doesn't seem to have taken very long from it to be poured out and for it to fall upon them uh, a noisous, noisome and grievous sore. I don't believe it took very long for that to happen at all. Uh, this took place very, very quickly. And when he, his wrath is announced, he begins to annihilate. Uh, it's simple as that. They were warned in Revelation 14 uh, and verse number 9 where the Bible says, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast... Uh, in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, uh, the same, uh, those which do that, the same uh, shall drink of uh, the wine of the wrath of God. If you take these things, uh, you will drink of the wine uh, of the wrath of God. It will take place. Uh, not if you missed it the first time uh, in Revelation 14, you will get it this time. Uh, you will not miss it the second time. Uh, if you took of it, you will experience the wrath of God. Uh, And I'm telling you something, just as the Lord was merciful and just as the Lord was kind, uh, for all these thousands of years the Lord uh, has been merciful, He has been kind, uh, but He has always been just. uh, And He is full of wrath here and He's going to give exactly what is needed. And I tell you, beloved, it's pretty apparent that God is not effeminate. Amen, church. It's pretty apparent that God is not effeminate. It's pretty apparent that God is not feminine. He's not weak. Uh, he's none of those things when it comes to this. Uh, he does, his pronouns are not they, uh, them, and whoever else. Uh, he is God. He's the King of kings. Uh, and He's the Lord of lords. And we ought not look at a 75-pound man uh, hanging upon a cross with long hair to it down to his butt. Uh, that's not God. But this God is coming in wrath. My point is, no man's going to be able to stop him. 
He's not who somebody looks at them. He's not how the new world today claims that He is. He's not just a God of love. God is love. God is love. The Bible says He's love. But He's not just love. As much as He loves you, He hates sin. Simple. It's that simple. And people make it hard. The swiftness of these is sores for him. When his wrath appears, it will annihilate. Amen. The severity of these sores. The Bible says very clearly these sores, there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which have them. So this isn't a bug bite. This isn't a scratch. It isn't a sore spot. Uh, No, the word sore actually deals with an open wound uh, or an open ulcer or a great bull uh, or a running wound. And there's said to be two words that um, complement this word sore. And that word is noisome uh, is the first one that it tells us. Uh, It says that it is noisome. And I looked that word up in a bunch of different things. uh, And that word never once deals with in the Bible. Bible, that word is used four times. Noisome. It's used four times in the Bible. But if you go back to the original text, I'm not talking about the original text, but I'm talking about Greek and Aramaic. If you look at those and Hebrew, if you look at those three things, you'll find about those that there is a bunch of words that actually consummate the same exact word. And all of those words mean things like evil, it means evil things, it means um, ill, it means bad, it means wicked, and all of those words in your King James Bible make up the same Greek word. Noisome. That's amazing to me. You know what that tells me? It tells me there's nothing good about this. There's not one good thing about this. Also, the same word grievous is in the same exact way. I could show you points, but I'm not going to. It gives us the same idea throughout the Bible. All of them reference evil things. uh, Things which are evil and things which are going to hurt you and destroy you uh, and possibly kill you. This is something that's not good. And so this is also something, it's very severe, if you will. And so, so this plague is also similar to the plague that God uh, brought unto the Egyptians in uh, Exodus chapter number 8 uh, or Exodus chapter number 9 when they dealt with those bulls, remember? And, and so my point is that this, ju- this is just the beginning of sorrows. This is just the beginning of sorrows. It's all because they willingly chose to take a mark and now they are unwillingly having to deal with a noisome and a grievous sore. Without a choice, they're having to deal with it because they didn't make their choice earlier. Well, they might have made their choice, but it wasn't the right choice. And so we see the severity of these sores. We see the scope of these sores. The Bible says, upon the men which had the mark of the beast. It's pretty clear who this reaches. Right? I mean, it reaches to the far and it reaches to all and it reaches in between. Every man that took of the mark. There'll not be one man missed. Amen. There will be no escape for those who have rejected God and chosen to follow the Antichrist. All who have denied the Lord will be affected and will be tormented in this judgment. 
I mean, beloved, I tell you, it, it doesn't matter their social status. It doesn't matter their career status, uh, their monetary status. It doesn't matter how much they know, uh, how many people they know, how much money they got in their bank account. Uh, it doesn't matter their race, their age, their size, uh, their shoe size, their gender. Uh, it does not matter what they claim to be. Uh, if they have rejected God, they will deal with His judgment. I am telling you, God is no respecter of persons, friend. All who come to Him in repentance uh, will find forgiveness uh, and salvation. Uh, while all who reject His mercy uh, and His grace uh, will fall under the hand of the wrath of God. Uh, it's simple. There is only two ways. Uh, and that is all that there is. Can you just imagine uh, the entirety of the earth uh, who under this torment uh, as everybody who has taken this mark uh, have bulls and sores all over their body uh, something is going on it's the wrath of God it would be terrible for him but it has just begun the wrath of God will render sores secondly I want you to notice the wrath of God will reach the sea the Bible says and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea And it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Now the oceans are pretty important to us. Everybody agree with that? They're pretty important to us. Whether we realize it or not, the second vial is poured out on just that. It's very serious how much the ocean means to you and I today. You say, preacher, I've never been to the beach. That does not matter, but it means a lot to you. Here's here's a few facts surrounding it. 75% of the earth is water. That's why golfers say you can hit through trees because 75% of that tree is water. That's, that's a bunch of hogwash. But nonetheless, it's funny. I've never went through a tree much. But in, in 2018, there was a study done, and they said that it produced, uh, that the ocean produced 179 million tons of food for the world. The ocean did. Is it getting big? Is it, does it seem like a bigger deal now? And they say that over 60% of the chemicals and the minerals come from the ocean. And this means everything's going to die. Friends, when the ocean dies, so will the people. Notice a few things we see here. I want you to notice the distance this will span. The Bible says the second angel poured out his vial on the sea. If you remember... We can look back later, but the second trumpet sounded and one-third of the earth's sea was turned to blood. Anybody remember that? One-third of the sea was turned to blood. And here in the second vial, all the seas will be turned to blood. As Just as the sores begin to set in on humanity, the ocean turns to blood. We can't begin to imagine the, 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 crazy, the craziness. of It's going to be a catastrophe. Man has never experienced this type of judgment before. Don't get me wrong. There's been times where things have happened. And I understand the rivers of water turn to blood. I understand that stuff. I understand where Elisha threw the salt in. I understand that the rivers were blood. Elisha threw the salt in there and it cleansed the rivers. I understand all those things. Okay, but this is the sea. This is, and the next verse is 
75% of the earth. First time was waters, right? The, the third part of the sea that turned to blood in, in the second trumpet, we understand that. We understand that. But the first time in Elisha's day was, wa- was wa- waters, it was rivers. It was one river. But this is 75% of the nation. Not just the nation, but the world. I'm, I, I'm really emphasizing it because it's that serious. And it could be your children in there. And I, I'm just telling you, it's, it, it's going to be serious. And, and when considered that 75% of this earth is this, it's going to be blood. Think about it. I don't believe there'll be any sunbathers on the shorelines of that day. I don't believe there'll be anybody laying out there in their little itsy-bitsy, teeny bikini. I don't think there'll be any men out there on the nudist beaches. Because every single wave will be blood. Let me just say this. I don't believe any person is going to miss church on that Sunday to go to the beach. Or go to the lake. They'll not miss. It's going to be blood. I'm telling you, it's serious. The distance it will span is 75% of this earth. That's how far it's going to span. The deaths that this will spawn... The Bible says very clearly, and it became as the blood of a dead man. Every living soul died in it. The plagues poured out. Every living thing in the sea will die. That's the best explanation I could say. Um, think about the millions of fish, sharks, I mean whales, washing up. Millions. This is God's created being, right? God created everything. We, we agree on that. Yeah. Amen. Everything that God made was good and God saw it to be right and that's how he wanted it to be. God created fiery serpents in Numbers chapter 22, 21. You say, a fiery serpent? How do you explain that? I don't know how to explain that. You say, did God just create them then? I guess so. You say, well, God couldn't do that. He's already created everything. Well, he created, there wasn't a draft before there was a, before God created them, so I surely God can create them, amen? And so, so what I'm telling you is that they're, di- they're dead. Everything God's created is dead. All the sea creatures, huge, small, medium, will die, and they'll begin to rot amidst the sea. Think about it. Think about the disease, the bacteria, and oh, it'll be a huge thing. Minus the fact of the rat infestation earlier on that we've already seen, right? And I'm just telling you, this plague just won't—it won't be fatal to just see life. It will affect all mankind. Much of the world is dependent upon the oceans as a, their means of survival. As the plant closed down in Canton, 
Imagine all the people that's going to lose it here. Lose their jobs. There'll be no more tuna. Right? I'm just telling you that starvation will reach some crazy levels and, and ships used to transport cargo and supplies will be hindered by the great calamity that's happening on the sea. You just imagine the, the vastness of, let's say, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. The, how big it is. Oh, just imagine how big it is. Just it alone turned to blood. I mean, but that's not it. But the whole ocean, every one of them that have been named, from the Indian to the Pacific and on and on and on, will be nothing but a graveyard that day. Just telling you, this is just the second time. It's just the beginning. There's five more to go. The wrath of God will render sores, reach the sea. Thirdly, I want you to notice the wrath of God will redden the sustenance. The Bible says, And then the third angel poured out his vial upon the waters, rivers and fountains of waters, and they became Let me tell you what this will do. This will produce disease. All the rivers, all the streams, all the wells that have been dug up in the bottom of the ground, 203 Grant Lane, the well there will be no good because it will be blood. Springs of all the fresh water, all the artesian wells that come off the mountains of beautiful North Carolina will be turned to blood. Every available source of water will be polluted uh, and turned into blood. It's that bad. The third trumpet sounded in Revelation chapter number 8. One third of the earth's fresh water was bitter and many died who drank it. Exodus chapter number 8 or Exodus chapter number 14 I think it is. I'm not sure. The water was turned to bitterness. Mara, the Bible says, Mara. Bitter. You know why it was? Because they complained. That's why it was. I'm just telling you something. Now, imagine all of the earth's drinking water that's just turned to blood. I mean, imagine going to the faucet for a cool drink of water or drinking out of a water hose and it coming out blood. That's all it's going to be. Just think about the misery of the sores uh, upon their bodies and without even a, a clean place to take a bath. It's going to be blood. There will be no water for cooking. There will be no water for cleaning. I am told, I, I could only I, I read where you could supposedly can live three days without water. Is that right? Anybody know about that? Three days without water, and there is coming a day when fresh water will be 100% unavailable because it will be blood. It'll produce disease if anybody drinks it. It'll produce death in many different avenues. It will produce death. It's pretty simple. I mean, consumption of this will kill you, and if it doesn't, thirst will. Pretty simple. It'll produce death. I believe the other thing it will produce is devastation. 
It'll produce devastation. Now you think about it very clearly. Imagine the devastation of this. Every bath, every sink, every single thing will be stained with blood. Can't wash your clothes. White clothes be red clothes. It'll be blood. It's pretty serious, friend. I'm telling you, the wrath of God will render sores and reach the sea and redden the sustenance of a life. The very sustenance of life. What God created you, what the percentage of your body is what? Water. And what God created you with. The first thing is a spirit come upon. First action you see of the Spirit of God is doing what? Upon the face of the deep. It deals with water, and we understand that. I'm just telling you something. Everything God has done has dealt with water. From the beginning to the end, God dealt with water. God has provided through water time and time and time again. The spirits were on the face of the deep. Um, Exodus smote the rock and out come water and millions were, were watered with that water. Uh, Christ cried on the cross, I thirst because he needed water. And he said in John chapter 4, Don't, I, I understand what this can give you, but you need to get the water of life. Genesis, Revelation chapter 22 tells us uh, that come. Uh, and The last invitation in the Bible says come uh, and drink of the water of life which I give to you freely. Uh, water, water, water. He cried, I thirst. You wouldn't have to. But these people chose not to turn to the water of life. And here they're dealing with death, disease, and devastation. Because they have no water. I'm telling you, the wrath of God will render sores and reach the sea, redden the sustenance. And fourthly, I want you to notice the wrath of God will retaliate the slain. The Bible says in verse 5, And I heard the angel of the water say, I'm, I'm supposing that means the same angel above, And thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast, and shall be, because thou hast judged us. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, and for they are thy, for of righteous are thy judgments. Excuse me, for they are worthy. And, and I heard another angel out of the altar say, "Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments." As this plague is poured out, uh, as everything is taking place right here uh, in the very midst of this tribulation time, uh, there has come a time uh, where God has come to retaliate for the slain. Revenge, if you will. He said, God's not a God of vengeance. He says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I, I beg the differ. I beg the differ. I, I 100% beg the differ when it comes to this. Uh, this plague is poured out. Uh, the angels are rejoicing uh, and, and praising the Lord God Almighty for His righteous judgment. We need some more people who judge righteously. Bible says judge righteously. Amen. The Bible says that we have the right to judge. Judge not upon appearance, but judge righteous judgments. That tells me that I ought to judge right. If the book is right, then my mouth is right, whether we like it or not. If I'm in the book, it's right. Amen. Amen. If I'm not in the book, then it's my opinion and I'm not right. I should be judging. You know what the Bible also says? 
said, Preacher, quit judging me from the pulpit. And the Bible says, the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. There are time, there'll be a time that comes when judgment shall begin at the house of God. That's what, that's what Peter tells us in first or second Peter. I'm just telling you very clearly is that this is a time when God is judging in His righteous judgment. Countless Christians have suffered uh, and they have bled and they have died at the hands of the Antichrist uh, and uh, the sinful men in this world and these rejoicing uh, at the sufferings uh, and death of God's servants. They have rejoiced uh, when the two witnesses died there in Revelation 12, I think. Uh, when they died, uh, they were rejoicing. It's not 12, but it's only a little closer to the beginning. Uh, um, they were rejoicing. They were rejoicing because they're deaths. Chapter 11 maybe. They were rejoicing at the very death of them dying. And now the angels are rejoicing at the very death of them dying. So the Bible says is that not right? I mean, I'm just telling you something. These rejoiced uh, at the suffering and death of God's servants. Uh, they were hungry for the blood of the righteous uh, of God. And they uh, have desired blood uh, of God's people. And God granted them theirs request. Because they're worthy for it. They rejoiced at the death of the two witnesses. Now heaven is rejoicing at their death. There's a rejoicing and there's a request in this. Their request, they required blood. They wanted blood. They requested for blood. And they got blood. I'm just telling you something. We live in a day-to-day, friend, when wickedness abounds, it grows darker and darker with each passing day. Uh, and often we find ourselves discouraged at the very abundance of, the, of sin and Satan may be the ruler of this earth and the God of this world. Uh, but the Lord will have the final say. Uh, and God says He's got righteous judgment. Uh, and he, His righteousness will prevail someday. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, one day those who have lived uh, to indulge sin uh, will face God, the holy God, and give an account uh, for the lives in which they've lived. uh, And thousands and thousands of souls uh, have been martyred for their testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, They've been burned at the stake, uh, a bull in a bowling pot. Uh, They've been stretched out to their very tendons and their bones broke. Uh, They've been filleted and the very skin have been peeled off of them. Uh, They've been hung. Uh, They've been put on a whipping post and beat to death. Uh, But one very day soon, God will stand and He will say I've had enough and this is what I'm doing I'm revenging what you have done Amen I went to Scotland I see many people many places where people have died for the sake of Christ from John Knox to Patrick Henry to all these people they have died for the sake of Christ I'm telling you something God will be retaliating the wrath of God will render sores, reach the sea, redden the sustenance, and retaliate the slain. Lastly, and I'll be done tonight. The wrath of God will reinforce the sun. The Bible says, The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. This fourth vial is pretty serious, wouldn't you say? I don't know about you, but sun gets hot today. It does. 80, 90 degrees outside, and it's hot. It's hot. 
You know, we're 93 million miles away and it's hot. Is that right? Is, am I right about that, somebody? Nobody in here knows. I'm 93, I think we're 93, and I'm not mistaken, we're 93 million miles away from the sun. Don't know how they know that, but we're a long ways away. Can I just say we're a long ways away from the sun? It's a pretty serious thing what's going to happen here. It's a pretty serious thing what's about to happen. In this very text, there's the scorching of the sun. There's the scorching of the sun. The Lord will touch the sun with His power. It will give this angel the ability to touch the sun and He's the one who created it. He's the one who is in control of it and He gives the angel the ability. Is that right? And men were scorched. And the fourth angel poured over upon the sun and power was given unto Him. I don't know if that fourth angel is the Lord, but I wouldn't say it is. This is another angel. And the Lord gave power to it. The creator of it gave power to Him. The controller of the sun gave power to him. You say, how is he control of the sun? Well, I'll tell you how. Look in the book of Jeremiah and you'll find out how. When he turned the sun 15 degrees. I mean, God did that, right? On the prayer of Hezekiah in chapter 38, he did that. I'm just telling you very clearly, it's apparent at this time that the Lord will cause the sun to intensify in heat and it will be serious. It will be serious. And this, this just, just think about creation and the things of creation that the, the sun is the largest within our solar system uh, and all of those things. And, 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 and they say that one point, one, over one million planets could fit into the sun. I, I don't know if that's true, but I'm just telling you, they just say. They say that it has a surface degree temperature of 10,000 degrees. It's a lot. I don't think anything has to be 10,000 degrees to melt. Could be wrong, but I don't think anything does. I don't think anything does. If we were closer to it, don't you think it'd melt up? God has it His design way. Amen. God has it His way. I'm just telling you very clearly though, during this part of the tribulation, the sun uh, uh, will bear down upon the earth and it will intensify. uh, And its heat will be so intense that it will begin to scorch men. Anybody in here ever had sunscreen? I mean, anybody in here had a a sunburn? Sunburn's no good. It's no good. But man, imagine having sunburn times 10 plus sores and plus no drinking water and then it gets 500 degrees. I can't say that it's going to get 500 degrees, but I'm just telling you, just imagine it. Just imagine it. They'll suffer greatly at the hands of the Holy God. I'm just telling you something. I don't, I don't preach this with joy. This is something serious though, church. And the scorching of the sun is something that's very, very serious. But although they get scorched by the sun, here's my second point, I'm done. They stay the same. They stay the same. Even though they're scorched by the sun, they stay the same. The fullness, the the wrath of God has been so full and it is being poured out, and yet men still blaspheme the name of the Lord and refuse to repent of their ways. Their hearts are so hard that they can't even acknowledge God in any other way than to curse His holy name. 
God's not a cuss word, somebody say amen. He'll never be a cuss word. He's holy. His word is holy. And if you've got the right Bible, it says holy Bible on it. Amen. Holy Bible. It's right, friend. It's right. Thank God. And I'm telling you something. God, this, this, this is a crazy picture. It's a, it's, a, it's a sad picture. Men are facing the undiluted wrath of God and still standing in open defiance to Him. They're so bound in sin and they like their sin so much they refuse to give God glory for who He is. But one day they will forcefully give God glory for who He is. When they bow at His feet at the great white throne of judgment. I'm just telling you something, friend. Our world is filled with men like that today. And it's so wicked with all these different genders uh, and all this sodomy and all this wickedness, LGBT, whatever they are that's going on. God has shown himself in many different ways in this world. Uh, If you go up there in the woods and hug your hand around a tree and see how big that tree is, I promise you, you'll believe there's a God. When God can take a seed that's this big and turn it into something this big, nobody else can do that. You know why? Because it takes sun. And nobody else controls that. You know what? It takes rain. It takes wind. It takes watering. It takes all of those things to do that. And only God can do that. Look in the book of Job and tell me if anybody else can do it. Because God told Job real quick that he couldn't do it. I'm just telling you something, friend, that, that, that we, are, we, are no, we are simply a work created by God in His hand and we stand at His mercy. We do. I mean, really, God has a... I understand. And I, I'm just telling you, these people have rejected the very grace and mercy of God that they also had an opportunity received. And because of that, they have been nothing but judgment remains at this point. And they stayed the same. And I'm just telling you something. This is a troubling type of scripture. And I understand that it is. But I want to remind you that this day is, uh, and this world and this blessed Bible is not a fairy tale, friend. It's not just some storybook uh, that we read to our children. That's not what it is. But it's telling us uh, of what is to come. It's what is to come, friend. I'm telling you, it's troubling, uh, There'll be countless thousands that deal with the reality of what they have rejected. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31, it says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. He's living, and I'm telling you something, people are going to begin to fall in the hands of Him. I'm telling you something, we ought to get a burden for our, for our lost family. We ought to grab up something and say, Lord, please touch them. Not just our lost family, but the lost people of this world. And as I look through these things and see these things and study these things out, one thing I, be gone, I, be, I, 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 I grow even more thankful for is that my name's written in heaven. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for that. Because, man, I would not want to feel the wrath of God like this. Right now, you might experience some things. You're reaping what you sow. But I'm telling you, the God's honest truth is His wrath is, is diluted with His mercy right now. I'm 
thank God that I'll miss these judgments. Thank God that I'll miss the horrible things that are going to take place in it. I just, I just feel, I feel the need to do this. Has anybody, under the sound of my voice, been bought by the blood of the Lamb? Has anybody on the sound of my voice not been bought with the blood of the Lamb? The answer to that question is a two-part. Yes and no. There may be somebody here. There may be somebody who's not here that's under the sound of the voice that have not been born again. There might be somebody here that has not. But it's a two-part question because simply there's nobody who hasn't been bought with the blood of Christ because the blood was enough the first time. But the acceptance of that has not always been done. I'm just telling you something here. It's either Jesus Christ was fully accountable on the Calvary's cross and you accepted him as your payment or you're fully accountable for everything you've ever done. There's no in between. Either Christ was fully accountable on the cross or you're fully accountable for what you've done. There's no in between. There's none. There's no in between. And Christ cried, I'm a worm, as I mentioned. He said, He cried, I'm a worm on the cross. And when he saw your sin, when he became your sin for you. I'm just telling you something, friend. Everything that God has done was perfect on the cross of Calvary. Everything was is totally paid for. It is plus nothing and minus nothing. Jesus Christ and nothing else. It's not your works. It's nothing else. It's only what He did and trusting in Him. Know who you are and know who He is. That's what we must take place. That centurion said, truly, I am. Truly, thou, he was the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Don't be part of these. Don't resist the mercies of God. Thank God for mercy. And God for grace. I like the song, I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. Looks like you're guilty, so what would you say? Spoke up your honor, I have no defense. But that's when mercy walked in. Mercy walked in and pleaded my case. Called to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented. Took all my sin. Forgiven when mercy walked in. Thank God for mercy tonight. Amen. I'm reminded of Habakkuk. He said in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, he said, In, in wrath, remember mercy. God honored that old man of God's prayer for a long time. But mercy will not be remembered anymore. God, this is the intensified wrath of God, part one. Would you stand your feet tonight? If you do need to pray, obviously these altars are always open and I don't ever have to give a call. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us have any questions you have the liberty to ask them as always
Dear God in heaven, we love you. Lord, thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving the folks that you have, Lord. And Lord, thank you for your mercy, your grace, Lord, and your love, your compassion, Lord, your long-sufferingness, Lord. Thank you, God, for your meekness, your gentleness, Lord. Thank you, God, for your peace. And Lord, how, Lord, you've been so good to us. And Lord, we ask you, God, to please, Lord, help us be better witnesses. So no man will be able to go into this into this place without hearing the gospel in some way, shape, or form. And I understand, Lord, the context. I understand that. But Lord, I ask you, God, to um, deal with family, friends, Lord, the community. Lord, and help this church to be a light, Lord, in a dark world. God, when a time when your mercy is still so... Lord, so adamant, Lord, in the life, Lord. Lord, around our area, no person hasn't experienced your mercy. God, I ask you to please, Lord, help us to be alive. Lord, do what only you can do. Be with these folks. If there be anybody lost here tonight, Lord, help you. Help. I pray, God, you'd save them. But, Lord, if there be anybody lost in the midst of us tomorrow, Lord, help us, God, to be alive. Lord, and, and God, just help us to, to do, Lord, just to, to, to get a burden, Lord, about this. So one day it's coming, Lord, I believe it could be soon. Lord, help us. We love you, we praise you, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love, your compassion, your salvation, Lord. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, just be with each person. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.